You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, there will be no fashion problems getting dressed in the morning as everyone will be issued their own Buck Rogers silver jumpsuit with silver moon boots. This is Melanie. And in the future, all the old people turn Rastafarian, but they still don't mellow out. This is Jesse. In the future, when kids get off of school over winter break, halfway through break, the PTA will send home early donation slips for Teacher Appreciation Week gifts. All right. All right, all right. All right. All right. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, episode number 61. What? See, maybe that should have been my uh, my New Year's resolution for last episode was uh, this year I'm going to commit to these episode numbers with confidence. Yeah. No more questioning it. It's 61, I'm telling you. I'm not asking. <laughs> That makes sense if you listen to any one, any one of our previous 60 episodes. <laughs> Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's time to start renumbering them. Start renumbering oh, no, yeah. no, them? No, you would have reboot? Start with a new number one, yeah. <laughs> we got to rebirth it. So well, it's, I- uh, number one, and then, then we can come back to legacy numbering. So we can yeah. do a rebirth and a legacy. Sweet. Well, yeah, we'll start over. Do how many? 20? Five? Just twelve. Just, Just twelve. Oh, of course, twelve. <laughs> Only a we'll... year because that's all the longer that Marvel ever goes. So, <laughs> and then, then we'll then yeah we'll go. You're like it's episode seven hundred. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to, and this will not matter to anybody unless you are hung up on episode titles. I think I'm going to drop the Grolix podcast off of the episode title field. So instead of it being the Grolix podcast number you know, 61 and then super snappy episode title. It'll be like just number 61, super snappy episode title. Sounds cool. I mean, because the Grolix podcast takes up, you know what I'm saying? Because they know it's the Grolix podcast. Yeah. It's the show that, you know, they have to, anyway, it'll say by the Grolix podcast. So, right. Yeah. That's something I probably should have done a while ago, but I like consistency and I like the look of it. But it's new year. Yeah, in that way, the episode title can actually like appear on their device or whatever they're listening to, or iTunes. It'll actually show up instead of just the Grolix podcast number something, and then dot dot dot. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the titles are fun, so we want them to have fun. The titles are fun. So hello, that was I guess part of our in-house news segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, do we have any other in-house news? I don't really have anything. I will say. The Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network at electronicmediacollective.com website is now launched, and it is beautiful, and it went up without a hitch. (laughs) I feel like there's a little bit of hashtag in the future on that. Hashtag in the future. (laughs) Also, newgrolixpodcast.com coming soon. That's actually true, too. I'm super excited. I have started that. I'm super excited about some of those features. I don't know how many of you listeners actually go to our website, um, but hopefully you'll have more reason to because I've got some cool ideas for it. Yep, it'll yeah. be great. Wow, it's nice. You'll like it. It's good. The main thing I'm super excited about is 
being able to browse episodes by the comic books we talk about. Yeah. Like you have a list of comics that are stuff we talked about and you can click on it and be like, hey, that comic, I want to hear them talk about that. And you can click on it and it'll go to the episode in which we talked about it. Or if you can't remember that, the title yeah. of the episode and you want somebody else to listen to part of it, you'd be like, it was the one where they talked about this. Oh, exactly. That just seems like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. So I'm super excited. And about you'll that be feature. able to find all of this in the mobile version of the site too, because it's a responsive theme. Yes. Mm-hmm. It'll actually look decent. And that that's the main thing. That's the main thing between both website redesigns this and the podcast network is uh the mobile sites were junk they were junk and you know i guess most people prefer to listen to the podcast on their phones i guess yeah because it's the future (laughs) so it only makes sense that i actually get it with the times what do we talk about this episode guys morris day and the times i mean the time right (laughs) the time (laughs) yeah oh we oh we oh (laughs) <laughs> okay i derailed you wow you good. did you totally derailed me <laughs> this is the poll list episode yay we get to talk about paper doll wait paper girls paper, paper girls. girls Paper girls not dolls paper girls, girls. <laughs> yeah hey melanie yes what's the poll list the poll list is a list with comics on it and you get to vote in that poll on which is the next comic we read and review Exactly. Where can they do this? They can do this at com. Precisely. And you can get that on your phone, too. Yes. Yay! Morris Day in the Times. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, we will be discussing the previous winner, which was Paper Girls. But before we do that, we got to find out what we're going to be reading for next month. And the winner is? Well, I'll tell you. It is uh, Daredevil. Born Again. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't remember if that was a top pick last time or not, but it is uh, edging out the others. I think there was like a four-way tie. There is not anymore. I I think I voted on one. winner. I voted on one of them one time. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, I don't remember which one, though. Well, and this is a good, I mean, Daredevil, uh, Born Again, that'll be a good one because it's uh, like the last time we read Daredevil, it was, what was it? Daredevil Yellow? Which was a, it was it was a good I mean it was all right uh, but this is kind of considered like high watermark uh, Daredevil this is like uh, when Frank Miller kind of put his stamp on it and it was almost like a rebirth for Daredevil like before that he was kind of mouthy like Spider Man and he was kind of swashbucklery and whatnot and uh, this is where he went a little bit more Batman I think it'll be an interesting read I have never read it. This is the one when you hear, this is the one that you hear mentioned a lot when you look up like essential Daredevil reading. Yeah, they usually talk about uh, Daredevil, Born Again, or um, Man Without Fear because Man Without Fear was kind of like Born Again. Born Again was like a reset, sort of, but it was still still kept in continuity kind of thing. Man Without Fear was kind of like his retelling of the origin. So I'm excited to read that one. It's probably kind of timely considering, I don't know when, when Daredevil season three will come out, but I assume they will draw heavily on it since that's kind of where they left things. Mm-hmm. But this episode, we're going to be talking about Paper Girls, uh, volume one, which is written by Brian K. Vaughn with uh, Cliff Chiang on artist duties, uh, Matt Wilson on colors, and Jared K. Fletcher on letters. This has a legit letterist. Or letterer, lettering. 
<laughs> Published by uh, Image Comics. It opens really weird. Like it opens with the dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Where we Are we meet, sure though? Uh, Are we sure? Well, we don't know. <laughs> it's either that or a flash. Uh, maybe it's a flashback or a flash forward. I don't know. Uh, we. It's implied that it's a dream, but uh, we're introduced to Aaron and she has this trippy dream where she's on the moon with a, with an apple. Well, we think it's the moon, but it's actually heaven. <laughs> There's like yeah. angels, astronaut angel, astron angel. I don't know what you'd call that. Angel knot. <laughs> then he's like, hey, uh, I'm here in, in heaven. Where's my, where's my sister? And he's like, oh, Missy's in hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this this is a brutal dream and then she's uh she's confronted by a demon and uh yeah you can save her if you can solve this riddle which is a math problem i think it was like a multiple choice uh multiple choice test that was about um like native american oh uh, right, right right history or something it was like what yeah sorry to jump back for just a second uh issues one through five is what this is oh okay uh, okay well that makes sense because it did seem kind of short, but compared to what we've read in the past. Oh, and it's set in the eighties. It's set in like nineteen eighty eight, and we find that out because she is literally a paper girl. Not that she's made out of paper, but that she delivers newspapers. Oh yeah, not literally a paper girl <laughs> like that. Like literally, she has the job of being a paper delivery person. They were uh, concerned for the day being someday but I don't recall what that day was. But it reminds me of uh, the Crows, like, Hell Night, or what was that called? Oh, was it Devil's Night or whatever? Yeah, it reminds mm-hmm. me of Devil's Night on that. They they seem very apprehensive. Well, it must be, like, Halloween or something. or mm-hmm. It's near Halloween. Because if they're all, like, on. in, like, uh, the, the local hooligans are in uh, costume, and there's eggs on the sign, and toilet paper everywhere. and Yeah, I got the impression it was the morning after Halloween. The morning after? Okay. Yeah. Well, I could be wrong, but that was the impression I got. I figured it was like those guys are still out wandering about from Halloween night. Mm. Yeah, it's Tuesday, November 1st because she's delivering that morning paper. Okay. Ah, yep. yep. And so it's just basic suburbia, right? Like she's uh, she basically is a neighborhood paper girl and it starts out with these hooligans kind of uh, – Accosting her and giving her her a hard time, and then uh, the rest of the paper girls show up because she's the new girl, apparently. And it seems like they're banded together because of it is this day. Um, yeah. They don't generally deliver papers together, but people are buttheads and stay out late and cause havoc or something. And it's a good thing too because shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Yeah, do they ever? Like, uh, did you? I, we didn't really talk about it, but did you guys have any kind of uh, context for this going into it? Like, had you ever heard of it? Because I hadn't. Nope, none at all. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I knew it was uh, something that people like. That's that's all I knew is that like Brian Kavon is is well known for doing things that people like. I didn't even know that. It's a good thing but, to be well known for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, his creator own stuff is usually tends to hit the mark. That opening dream sequence is weird because it has like, as far as I can tell, no bearing on anything. No, it's at all. Kind of like we know a crazy of. way to start this book. I think it kind of gives you that feel that this is not just going to be, you know, a normal story. <laughs> I mean, it it is kind of a weird way to bookend it, but it's it's interesting because it gives gives you this bizarre 
this bizarre idea and then you wake up and everything's like normal, like more normal than normal. We're talking Reagan era, uh, eighties, you know, suburbia mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. For a yeah. minute. So, okay. So we get the, the other girls yeah. come in, right? Yeah. What did you think of these other characters? Uh, particularly, uh, the, the smoking one. The ginger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was she? Yeah, she was. Okay. Or she had orange drawn hair. What was it? Mac? Uh-huh. And she's like legendary or whatever. Because she's the first. She was the first non-boy paper boy. Yeah, she was the first paper girl. So they dropped some language. What, what I'm getting at is like they dropped. She dropped some language in here, which is interesting and period appropriate. But they also have one of the other characters then be like, you know. Oh yeah, they have you to like correct you, her. Yeah, you you shouldn't call people the other f word. And uh, yeah, I, anybody can get AIDS, not just the gays. Yeah, and, and I get why they do that, but that kind of seems out of place because yeah, no, that did take it a, take you out of the out of the uh, era a little bit. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't know. That's I, oddly oddly present of her, <laughs> or oddly progressive of her for that time period. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I found it weird decision just to include any of it. Mm. Interestingly enough, you know, like this is the eighties. So it's like, you know, what kids on bikes, that whole, that whole thing that they, they're like, that's come up in uh stranger things. You mm-hmm. know, it's that whole trope of kids on bikes. And uh, there's even a pretty funny, like, I think it's college humor video of, of all the things where they show up at the guy's house and they're like, come on, get on your bike. Let's go. And they're the kids on bikes. He's like, I don't think I'm gonna, because every time we get on bikes, something terrible happens. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is kids on bikes, except they're all girls. So we're introduced to the other characters. Mac is one of them. And then there are two others. And I'm going to say that I had some difficulty here because the I'm assuming the main character, Aaron, and then one mm-hmm. of the other two look extremely similar. And the third one isn't really all that far off either. So I got very confused about who was who several times. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Two of them, the new girl and... KJ or yeah, I think so. Those two, I kept getting mixed up and looking at them, they look different, but I don't know. They, I think they both have kind of dark hair and their hairstyles are somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. Um, that they both have bangs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And that's totally an eighties thing. They, they all definitely look eighties. Yeah. I, I kind of had that issue my, myself later on. One of the characters gets shot and I kept getting confused as to which one was shot. Well, they kind of split up and the, you know, there's, there's some various stuff that kind of, I don't know, I guess just sets up, like we get a little bit more about, uh, what's her name? Mac, Mac's character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she kind of gets harassed by the local cop and, and all this and doesn't put her cigarette cigarette out the whole time she's talking to the cops, mind you. How old are these girls supposed to be? 12. 12. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, I guess. That's a horrible time, by the way. What, 12? Oh, yeah. That's when it's, that's the beginning of the horrible. When stuff really starts to pick up is they come across, you see them, you see them a couple times. These, was it three figures? And yeah. it looks like they're wrapped in like garbage bags and stuff. You can't like really see their faces. Ninja mummies. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they look like mummies to me. Their irises are all, or their pupils are all weird. Like yeah. triangular or something. Like fidget spinners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fidget spinner eyes. And then one of them attacks the, one of the girl, one of the two groups of girls, and steals her walkie-talkie, mm-hmm. and they chase after him to get it. And when they get there, there's 
an evil looking flesh pod viodrome like a big scary meat pod in the basement <laughs> yeah yeah it is it does have like a cronenberg type thing where it's like technological but also like there's weird fleshy bits and yeah orifices and gross things yeah <laughs> yeah and i like the shot where it like activates or something something uh-huh. happens and there's one shot where like the you know there's a blinding light and you can see them all there and you but like you could see their skeletons because it's like you know yeah x-ray light type flash mm-hmm. and i'm not a little unclear on what exactly happens at that point right because once they go outside of the house from there everything's different the sky's changed mm-hmm. yeah you can see space it's like purple and yeah weird so what caused this change like i don't i don't know it's kind of hard to talk about certain things in this book because this is the first five issues of obviously, I don't know if it's a currently ongoing. I'm assuming it is, but like we get like no answers. Yeah, we, we to really anything. don't know what's going on. I mean, I kind of have a vague idea, but I don't understand lots of things. Like, okay, first of all, yeah, I'm assuming it's their proximity to the ship that set them where they were at, which is either the future or sometime in between or so place in between. Do you think that's the deal? It's got to be, right? I don't know, because what's her net? Like, they go to max house and her stepmom or whatever she was supposed to right. be is there like that's, why is she there that's the other thing that confused me i'm like why why are some people still here like the teenagers too like they're here but this is obviously not here or it would be normal right but and and some people are gone so she thinks the the mom or her stepmom thinks it's the rapture or something yeah but that's not the case so what the heck is it? I mean, it doesn't seem the case. I Technically, it could still be the case, but because we get later on, we get uh, there's an appearance of this. I don't know what he is, but I assumed he was like a God type character wearing a public enemy shirt, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's obviously the one calling the shots, but. But I don't think that they're I don't think that that's what it is. I think they're just policing, maybe, but they're not just getting rid of everybody. So. The girls run out, and they end up having another confrontation with these these m- mummy ninjas. And it turns out these mummy ninjas are weirdly kind of mutated teenagers. Mm-hmm. And they're one, I guess, faction. But then we also get the appearance of these other people who ride around in the sky on pterodactyls and stuff or and whatever. And have big, like, spear-looking uh, laser shooters. Yeah, and they're... another faction like those two and they're the adults and they it seems like they're cleaning up this situation or trying to fix the situation i'm unclear it seems like they've abducted a bunch of people i'm assuming to put back after things get fixed but i have no idea that's although they do murder some people okay so there's they come across two like normal teenagers in uh this football field or whatever do they murder them thinking they're mutant teenagers or is that like zapping them somewhere because I'm it looked sure, like murder? Pretty sure they murdered them and I don't think that they thought they were mutants because all they said was teenagers. They didn't say mutated teenagers. They were just like, but, oh, teenagers. But that's generally what they call the mutated teenagers is they're the teenagers. And it wasn't till they, like one of them noticed that the girls were not mutated teenagers. They, they called them like locals or something like that. Yeah, but the one guy referred to them as kids, too. So maybe they're too young to qualify yet. Because technically they're preteens. They're tweens. They get a gun. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. 
they get a gun and it's kind of um Max stepmom's fault. She's like hammered and thinks it's the rapture and whatever and it seems like she's going she gets the gun from them. No, she had the gun in the first place. Oh, okay. Okay. But they went there to get the gun. Yes. And then she thinks it's the rapture, so she decides she's going to shoot herself. Because that's what you do in the rapture, I guess. Don't really get that. And they're wrestling for the gun because her stepdaughter obviously would be traumatized by seeing her stepmother shoot herself and tries to stop that. Accidentally, the gun goes off and it's kind of slightly humorous. They're like, it's miraculous. Nobody got hurt. Wow. And they're like, oh, no, never mind. She's bleeding. Aaron, right? Yeah, that was Aaron, the new girl. Yeah, so she got, like, gut shot. (laughs) Yeah, which is bad. Bad news bears. And at that point, the mom, like, disappears. Now, did she run off or did she, like, actually disappear? Because she's just gone. She's just gone. Who knows? Maybe she got raptured away. So then they hop in the car. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun because they're all, like, what, 12 or whatever. Yeah. And they don't know how to drive. But they hop in the car to get help for their friend. And then they come across uh, one of the adults uh, who realizes they're locals or whatever. And he says something about, you know, this must be very distressing for you. Also, I kind of like their lingo. Rastafarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get your future prediction now. I didn't catch it before. <laughs> yeah, they totally sound like Rastafi. Did he say something about, like, don't worry, you won't remember any of this or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. But then he gets blown away. He gets shot in the head. And they do a little misdirect, think, making you think it's, you know, one of the girls shot him. But it's the mutated teenagers. And then they're like, come with us. Yeah, luckily one of them is still like handsome enough, I guess, to be presentable. (laughs) And they have, they speak a completely alien language Mm -hmm. that is in weird symbols and stuff. But they have a like translator babblefish device thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, one of them had already died, gotten killed by the, those adults. Yes. Some, at some point earlier, I don't remember. Yeah, that's when we, I think we first see those adults is, I don't even know if we see the adults. We see like the, one of the dinosaur looking creatures come down and kill it. But they do end up running off with them into like sewers. Mm-hmm. Because they say that they can help heal Aaron. Mm-hmm. That's when the God character kind of is brought in or whoever he, this guy is. And he sends the, was it edit, edit, edtics, edit, what was it? E- Mm-hmm. E- edicts he sends something in uh that's supposed to fix the situation and it like is basically like a orb a flying big ball of something of eyeballs it's like from uh big trouble in little china but not because it's more more machine than monster and it grabs onto one of the girls and this sequence was interesting mm-hmm. it's just her playing oh what was it Ar- arkanoid yeah arkanoid for like pages and pages. It's just her playing Arkanoid and like the seasons are going by and stuff like that. It's like she's experiencing all the time that she's wasted or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Through this game though. Like, yeah. And that's what she said. Like they get her out of it. And yeah, she said something about her whole life. Like it's like she experienced her whole life or whatever. And it was hell. And she wasted. Yeah. Why didn't I quit when I got stuck at level 27? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I thought that was. I can still hear that crappy music. So they escape that thing. The guys like they run out into the forest and they come to basically it's a pod that looks just like that one in the basement. They say, you know, we can help your friend, heal your friend, or whatever. And they take her, Aaron, into the pod with them, and then the pod disappears. And they're like, "Oh snap!" I messed up. Yeah, 
But one of them who seemed really manly to me at the time is smart enough to realize that that one, that ship probably was the ship that was in the bay that they saw in the basement earlier because it's a time machine and that's just what happens with time machines, I guess. They do kind of jump to that. Like reading the story, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But realistically, it's like, that's kind of a leap in logic. She just happens to be right. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. So they do take this, they take her, I don't know, uh, where? They take to her a, to, a, to like, a time warehouse or something. Yeah, where there's like, oh, mind you, like they've come up, they picked up what looks like a, like a iPod, iPod shuffle type thing or some little device mm-hmm. with an apple on it. There's definitely time displaced devices and stuff. And these mutant teenagers have this warehouse full of different stuff from different time periods, mm-hmm. uh, including these like weird bugs, the mechanical bugs that will heal you. And they've put a bunch on her stomach. So they're legitimately he- healing her because the whole time you don't know, like you still don't know who a good guy is or bad guy is in this situation. Right. It seems like there's some like emergency reason they have to go back like right away or something, or they have to leave or maybe it's just, they're going back and it goes wrong. Yeah. I think that's what it is. They're going back. And then it's because the people are still there looking for them and there's some kind of a fuel leak. Mm. So they have to, land somewhere where they can't find them but they're leaking fuel so they have to you know figure our figure something out which i don't know that they do very well but they end up in the basement yeah so they they jump back they end up in the basement but it's a bumpy ride it doesn't go well and while aaron's okay the two mutant teenagers are kind of like phased into the wall of the thing and that's where it gets its meat from no i'm sorry <laughs> it's <laughs> that's why it's all like uh, organic looking but yeah they're dead something's gone wrong uh the one guy is alive long enough to talk to her i don't remember what he says but tell her stump something before you know after she wakes up to her friends open it up yeah i think it just opens. yeah they're all, they're oh, all kind of there at the same time yeah they're yeah and they're in the they're waiting they they figured that's probably the same ship and that she was in there so she's reunited with her friends there and one of them does say something was she in there the whole time she was running around out here with us or something like that? Fun little time travel musing. And then does it go just go off again? And Oh, no, they get, like, kind of the adults or whoever. Have surrounded the house, I want to say, didn't they? Yeah, they, like, surround yeah. the house. Yeah, they're outside of this house that's being renovated or whatever. And so the girls don't really know what to do. They don't want to go out there. The machine is freaking out again. But then the machine goes off. And they are zapped through time, and you see 1990s or 1999 or something. You see, I, it's clearly they're jumping forward in time. And three of them land in on like an interstate, mm-hmm. and then a car pulls up and stops, and it's one of them. Is it the one that's missing? No, because well, it's Aaron that gets out of the car, but they were looking. Yeah, so for there's Casey. two. Yeah, so there's two. Two Aaron's here at that time. There's the younger Aaron and then her older self. But KJ, we have no idea where in time she is. Okay. She falls in the water at some point, apparently. And that's that's where we end it. Yeah. In, case, in case you couldn't tell, there's a little bit of confusion, but that's because it's a little bit confusing. Yeah, yeah. And there's not a whole lot of answers in this, which I don't think necessarily is a bad thing. Like, I, I assume we'll get those answers in a future uh, volume. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, on initial reading, it was fine. It's just really difficult to explain it (laughs) 
considering we don't know what any of this means yet. Yeah, no, it's fine because I mean it's it's obviously the first five issues of an ongoing story, and it sets up a lot of stuff. Maybe not a lot of stuff. It just throws a lot of the stuff that's there just seems so weird and random, kind of. We know slightly more about what's going on than the girls do. Yeah, yeah. As the reader, you know. What did you guys think of this? Did you enjoy it? I I did. I'm I'm very curious, so I kind of want to read more just because I want to know what the heck's going on. I'm interested in the whole old people Rasta situation, and I'm wondering if this because I'm a nerd, so I'm wondering if this guy is like because just a different position in the universe, or if it's like we merged with Andromeda already because that's going to happen, and I'm excited for it, even though I'll be gone. But you know, maybe it's that. Okay. There's like this weird Apple theme that runs throughout. Like at start, yeah, you know, like the very first image in in the whole volume is this Apple that she has in her dream. Uh, and then you've got all the Apple products throughout. And then like when the weird uh, godlike character, Rastafarian dude, uh, answers his phone, like his his phone is like an Apple that slowly uh, like there's an eye on the Apple and it opens as <laughs> As it uh, starts to also gain the color of an apple, and there's just all sorts of weird stuff. At the end, when he's outside of the house, um, before the house, like, whatever happens during the time travel bit at the very end, he's wearing a, a shirt with an apple on it. It's like Apple Records, and there's one yeah. panel with that's a close-up of the shirt, and it's like, that's weird. Okay. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. it's because it's a close-up. Of, I just remembered why, why, though. It's a close-up of the shirt, and then it goes to... The one chick inside who's seen who's like connecting these Apple images, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why there was a close up of it. Oh, the tree of knowledge. Well, yeah, the tree of knowledge. Uh, that's from her dream at the very beginning. Yeah. It's because it's uh, the Apple products are from the devil. Yeah. That's what it is. It'd be interesting if that's like at, at the end of the whole thing, that's the moral of the story. So we were we were curious about those teenagers if they got like murdered out there in the field. There's a there's a point where she's calling in to that guy again, grandfather, Mia Culpa, uh-huh. grandfather or whatever. Uh and and he uh he's just like waking you up and he's having his cup of coffee and whatnot and uh he's uh she's she's asking if they can be detained and tried as adults and uh uh with maximum charge and he says denied I'll punish them myself and he walks into like what looks like a cupboard but it's just full of people and those teenagers are in one of these like oh, are tubes they? or whatever yeah okay, okay. weird it totally looks like he killed them though yeah yeah but like, who knows what's going on there yeah because it looks like at first like just like a zap them out teleport them somewhere but there's like a glowing like ash form of them that blows away in the wind afterwards. So that's why I was like, I thought they got murdered. Well, and then the guy with the, the wolf mask or whatever, they have this really weird interaction with a guy and you can't tell if he's a, if he's just a trick or treater or if he's actually a wolf because we've seen weirder stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's in a tube too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when they see him out in the street, like he's just not moving, he's just like mid step or something. Just standing there. Yeah. And then he just disappears. I like the setting. Of course, I like the the, the kids on bikes, 80s thing. It works because I suppose nostalgia. I don't know. It just works. <laughs> uh, um, the characters of the girls are are not bad. Like, it's interesting. There's um, a little bit of, what's the word? I don't know, not 
stereotyping. I was, that's the word I was thinking of, but yeah. yeah. Archetype little, or what? Yeah, archetype. Yeah. Kind of archetypal. You don't really get to know any of them. One of them's got a mom doctor and she goes to private school. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron goes to private school too, but that's so it's not her. I'm assuming it's KJ. KJ. Yeah. I, it's, it's just, it's hard to say too much about like the world building. It's obviously it's setting up uh, all kinds of this, whatever this, is whatever this universe is or with these. we we should do a a, a paper girl study oh like swamp studies yeah yeah this was a quick read i'll say that yeah yeah especially yeah. coming after um two months of like constantine mm-hmm. right actually i blew i blew through this before december even started oh wow yeah I, yeah i heard mine this morning <laughs> <laughs> but i like the sci-fi stuff i like the Time travel stuff. Yep, me too. All of it. This is a good uh, not superhero comic, too. Mm-hmm. Well, they might end up with superheroes, though. Sort of-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they wouldn't really be superheroes. They'd be more like, it'd be like... um, Just like sci-fi. Like Star Wars, yeah. It'd be like the, the rogue people, the rebels. <laughs> the rebels resist. I don't like the meat machines. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the organic machinery is always weird. And the story itself, like, okay, so the plot of what actually happened, I didn't mind. I, I It does the, the kind of just general storytelling trope of, like, you're introduced through this character who's new, so they're being introduced, so you get an ex- a reason to get some exposition out of the way. And then stuff just happens. The last thing that we read by Brian K. Vaughn was uh, The Pride of Baghdad. Um, mm. Do we see, uh, like, is there anything that's um, that carries over between the two? I mean, like... I don't know. It seems like there's some bizarre stuff that happens in Pride of Baghdad, and it's like, oh, yeah, he likes the bizarre. The only thing I would say is it's not like a centralized story, even though they're in this town. So it is. But you get almost a road trip feel because you start off, Mm. you know, that Aaron, whoever wakes up, hops on the bike, and then they're just traveling around town. And then things just happen, and they're kind of running between Things happening. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's all like the whole plot is just reacting to the stuff that's happening. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I guess Pride of Baghdad's kind of the same way in that they're you know they're traveling, they're traveling. Yeah, and things are happening. yeah, yeah. That's fair. Which, yeah. I guess when you break it down, that they're traveling and things are happening. But you know, I mean, that's really what it is. But in in this, I liked you know the decision to go get the gun and the wild situation that came out of that. You know, it's very kids with bikes kind of logic, like. Oh, that guy, uh, those guys are creepy. We need a gun. Let's go get it. Pretty impressive that nobody lost their freaking mind when, you know, <laughs> yeah. they they come out and obviously they're in somewhere weird and there's pterodactyls flying around and, you know, all that crazy kind of stuff. Yeah, the girls held it together fairly well. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, well, her stepmom definitely didn't, so. No, no, she did not. Well, even, uh, was it Tiff when she, she gets plugged into the machine and, and she, uh experiences her her whole wasted existence it's like wow you really took that in stride too i mean mm-hmm. yeah. you're, a little, you're a little despondent for a moment but you you put yourself together pretty quickly yeah but that's that's i mean part of being a young person too yeah more flexible bounce yeah <laughs> it, it it did well at keeping attention like the introducing the gun into the story or even even like the guy stealing the walkie-talkie, like it gave them reason to be running from confrontation to confrontation, mm-hmm. and with um with some sense of tension that kind of kept getting 
ratcheted up. Like at first it's like, oh, they're trying to get their walkie talkie from these guys. And then it's like, everything's super crazy. They're trying to, now they're going to go get a gun. And then they're trying to run away from these pterodactyl people. And yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Attack, attack of the pterodactyl Rastafarians. Yep. Yeah. I mean, to, to clarify to listeners who don't know what this is, like, it's people riding pterodactyls. They're not pterodactyl people, but. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and they have, like, white spacesuits on, mm-hmm. kind of. It's crazy. They have a fantasy sci-fi look to them, like a mix. It, they look like Stargate people, except not gold. It's white instead. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other guys look like they're wearing trash bags, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Mummy yeah. ninjas. Maybe trash bags are some kind of protection against time travel. You never know. You're not a time traveler, so. You're right, I'm not. I wish I was. Yeah. M- maybe. Unless it's confusing. It seems like it's probably confusing, though. You think maybe, well, no, because it didn't happen to the girl, but I was going to say, maybe you lose your clothes, like in... Uh, the Terminator. Yeah. Terminator, yeah. But she had clothes on, but maybe that's why they died. Oh, and the one <laughs> guy's hand was through the other guy's head. Ugh. Well. <laughs> okay, so they were... A couple, the two. No. Was it? The one that died. Uh, oh, before, the, of the three of them, the one that died first? The one that died first was with the more mutated one. They were a couple. Okay, okay. It was fun. There was still tension. Really had no idea where it's going. It's definitely one of those, like at any given point, where yeah. is this going? And then you flip a couple pages and you're watching some chick play <laughs> Video games for like three pages in a row. And it's like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I would recommend it. I mean, man, it's like, it's it's just a, it's a good time for a story like this because like, if you like stranger things, only stranger, maybe check this out. If you want even stranger, stranger things. I was, I was going to say, it's like a period piece version of Saga. And then it was like, oh yeah, Brian K. Vaughn wrote Saga too. So that's a good point. That's kind of what the pterodactyl people remind me of. It's that mesh of kind of fantasy, kind of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels more more like Saga than the Pride of Baghdad, for and, sure. And reading this, I did not realize, I, even though we probably mentioned it when last month when we you know pulled it off the pull list, but uh, I, reading it, I did not me- realize it was Brian K. Vaughn. I still don't know who Brian K. Vaughn is. No, you've read a bunch oh, of I Brian. know, I, I have, and I'm sure I like him, and I'm sure all that, but I'm never going to remember this tomorrow, so. <laughs> yeah, you don't pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. So so I guess, uh, like, what I would say is, like, if you're if you're into, like, Saga, I think you'll like this. I mean, it's it's not, like, exactly the same thing, but it's uh, it's got a lot of similarities in the way that the stories are being told and mm-hmm. how you really just don't know anything about the world and you just keep getting new new pieces and new twists. So if you like Saga, I think you'll definitely like this too. I think it might be slightly more kid-friendly, but that's okay, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Not entirely, but they're not dropping an F-bomb and getting it on every five seconds either. They're dropping the other F-bomb. Well, that's That's, just... That's true, yeah. You know, a symptom of the times, I guess. Well, I mean, before recommending it to to kids that, you know... I'm not saying... (laughs) Worth noting... (laughs) Do kids listen to our show, Randy? No, they do not. You don't know that. <laughs> Actually, they might. Well, Scribblenauts videos didn't help. Oh, <laughs> didn't yeah. help that. And Bella, I think Bella right. subscribed to us, at least. <laughs> yeah. But she's Bella. She doesn't even count. She's like 30 years old. <laughs> she's like 30 years old. 
How old is she really? Uh, I think she's 10. Yeah, exactly. She's not like 30 <laughs> years old. Well, she acts like it sometimes. Uh, this is the rare, one of the very rare times when we know who added this to the pull list, and it was... Spunky D. Spunky D. Thank you, Spunky D. <laughs> is that what we decided we were going to call him? Yeah. Spunk D Brewster or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went with Spunky D in the episode title uh, last month because it rhymed with Jesse D. Oh, so gotcha. I just went for that. It was almost going to be called uh, Can We Start the Show? But <laughs> Can we start the show, please? Can we start the show? 20 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> At this time of recording, we don't have any letters for this episode. We don't have a letters page segment this episode. But that's okay. If you want to get in on future letters page segments, send us an email or even, you know, record a a little voice clip or something uh, and send it to letters. That's L-E-T-T-E-R-S, letters at GrawlixPodcast.com, and we will read it on the show or play it on the show and discuss. And then you'll be one of our friends for life. Yeah, I mean. We'll give you nicknames and everything. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. yep. You know what? You're right. We will. We will give nicknames to everyone who sends us stuff, whether they want it or not. All right, come on, we're in. This is awesome. We're in the Grolic Studios. Look, it's a plate of Mel's Hot Biscuits. I've heard about those. Oh, my God, check it out. Jesse and Randy's beard oil. I didn't know you can buy that in buckets. Well, that Sam Club's membership is really paying off. Okay, let's get in their computer and drop this promo. Okay, let's do it. We're the Roman Pontycast, and in the future, we're sneaking a promo on the Grolic Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, okay, seriously. Go, go, go. Here, sir. here we go. I'm Roman LeBeau. And I'm Rob Gast. And we're from the Roman Podcast. We're just two Canadian guys getting together once a week to put our own spin on weird stories and trending news. That's right. You can get our show every Wednesday night on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the Laughable app, and of course, here on the EMC Podcast Network. Okay, I think this. I think we got it. I'll put that in their show. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. While I'm in their computer, I'm just going to update their comic book pull list for the next few months. What are you adding? Captain Canuck, of course. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Quiet. Quiet. Roll up. I'm Andrew Willis, the host of Movies Now and Then. We're a podcast that looks at one new release film in theaters, then we compare and contrast it with a classic or underappreciated film from cinema history. We're not a traditional movie show in that we try to have a more conversational approach to our discussion. We want our listeners to be informed, engaged, and hopefully even entertained. If this sounds like something you might enjoy, give us a listen. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or anywhere podcasts are found by searching Movies Now and Then. This is Melanie. First, take a big step back and literally Grolix your face. This is Jesse. He says, welcome to the Grolix Guardians of the Galaxy. Only he didn't use Grolix. This has been Randy. I don't know Grolix. Mom always drives me. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcasts, check out GrolixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, ElectronicMediaCollective.com, 
Facebook.com slash Grawlix Podcast, Twitter.com slash Grawlix Podcast, all the dot com slash all the Grawlix Podcasts. We got some internet war drums going on. <laughs> well, I've been hearing people. Unless. Oh, uh, in my headphones. Oh, yeah, that's the heater. No, I've been hearing okay. people in, in my headphones all day, so I think I'm crazy. Like this before. It's kind of like a boom, 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 boom. It's almost like a, <laughs> almost like a video game, type, like an old school Atari type of background noise. Hmm. Ours isn't necessarily that. The heater sound is like. Like kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Before we were even connected to the stuff, I always had my headphones on, and Randy didn't hear it. But I heard somebody. It was a woman's voice, and it said, "Hello, hello." Oh no. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Yeah, crazy. that's creepy. <laughs> But I think it's some kind of it's interference. Good. I don't know. It's got to be, right? It's got to be. I'm not crazy. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. 